Welcome to the 148th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. On a wintry Saturday in January 2014, over 225 people gathered in the southeast Minnesota community of Winona for the Land Stewardship Project's Citizens Frack Sand Summit. This day-long event provided an opportunity for members of various communities to address one of the region's most pressing environmental issues, the mining of silica sand for use in hydraulic fracturing of oil and gas reserves. It turns out southeast Minnesota and western Wisconsin have vast amounts of just the kind of silica sand the industry is looking for. During the past few years, western Wisconsin in particular has experienced a kind of gold rush as massive corporations work to strip mine as much sand as possible and ship it to oil and gas drilling operations in places like Pennsylvania, Texas, and North Dakota. The result has been decimated landscapes. Entire hilltops have been removed, ruining farmland and eliminating the natural water purifying services sand can provide. In addition, frack sand processing facilities are producing air and water pollution. To top it off, rural roadways are being inundated with an unprecedented amount of truck traffic that's dangerous, polluting, and harmful to the transportation infrastructure of small communities. Now the frack sand industry has its eyes on southeast Minnesota and has in recent years used intimidation, government lobbying, and in some cases outright misinformation to get a foothold in the region. But citizens are fighting back. With the help of the Land Stewardship Project, several communities have established moratoriums on frack sand mining and processing while they develop planning and zoning regulations. In addition, LSB members and others have been organizing at the state capitol where they are calling for strict regulations on frack sand activities, including an outright ban on the industry in southeast Minnesota's fragile karst region. The Frack Sand Citizen Summit brought together people to share strategy, learn from experts, and strengthen the movement to keep frack sand mining from destroying communities in southeast Minnesota and beyond. Featured speakers included citizens, local government experts, farmers, energy experts, and scientists who are doing cutting-edge research on the effects of silica sand exposure. This podcast is the seventh and final in a series of programs featuring excerpts of presentations from the summit. In this installment, Land Stewardship Project policy organizer Bobby King talks about the role local government and state regulations play in controlling the frack sand industry. He also discusses some of the next steps LSP and its allies are taking on this issue. Uh, I wanted to first talk about local control and state regulations because some people have questioned How can LSP be for state regulation when we're always fighting for local control? And some are saying it has to be one or the other, state control or local control. But the fact is we have to have both. We need state regulations to protect state resources like our air and water. These resources don't follow city, county, or township boundaries. And local control is about the ability of our local governments go beyond state standards to have add further protections for the local community when it's needed and when local folks call for it. Think of it this way. State regulations are a floor and local government should always be allowed to be tougher. This is the proper relationship between state regulation and local control and it's nothing new. Almost all major industry has to abide by state regulations and local zoning. It's this new industry, frack sand mining, that wants special treatment. They want to be treated like gravel and aggregate operations, which don't have much state regulation. But frack sand mining is not aggregate and gravel mining. If this were the citizens' gravel and aggregate summit, nobody would be here. (laughs) This is about frack sand mining. So 
We are going to keep fighting for tough local ordinances in our communities, including bans, but we have to also fight for tough state action. And we passed legislation last year in Minnesota calling on the state pollution control agency to establish regulations to control silica dust. And many people in this room were a part of that effort. In fact, if you traveled to the Capitol, made a call to a legislator, or attended a local organizing meeting, just raise your hand or stand up, right? That was really a hard-fought grassroots victory against the frac sand industry. It wasn't what we wanted. We wanted more, but you can be sure the industry did not want us to win that. Um, we've heard how silica dust is a health threat and that exposure to silica dust can cause silicosis, an incurable disease. Uh, we, in your packet, in fact, is a handout from the Department of Health on, on that issue, and we heard from experts, uh, health experts earlier. We need state regulations to protect the public, to protect people who may live or work near these mines, processing facilities, transport route, and loading facilities. In southeast Minnesota, we're fortunate that there are no large frac sand mines operating, and we want to keep it that way. But there are large mines in the Minnesota River Valley. And we hear sometimes, well, that's an okay place for it. You know, it's not so bad there. And then you talk to people that live near Jordan Sands, and they're going to tell you different. They're going to tell you it's not okay to live by those. And there are frac sands right in here in the city of Winona that we're exposed to right now. And right now there are no regulations limiting how much silica dust these companies can expose neighbors to. None. This is unacceptable. But because of the legislation we work to pass, the state is in the process of creating regulations to protect air quality. We have to hold the MPCA accountable. We have to demand that these state regulations be tough. And I just want to go through with you what for Land Stewardship Project that means. Um, you don't need to get it out, but in your packet is a pink sheet. So we sent the PCA a letter signed by 951 Minnesotans saying this is what tough air quality standards look like. First of all, there's a permit required. And that permit has an ambient air quality limit. What that means is that at the boundary of, this pro of the mine site, you can't exceed that limit. You can't pollute the neighbor with your silica dust. You're responsible for keeping the, the level of silica dust below that limit. And in fact, I think what Commissioner Stein said and uh, uh, Crispin Pierce talked about earlier, you need to keep it below that limit. We've got some experience with this issue. There's only one other enforceable ambient air quality standard in the state of Minnesota. It's the hydrogen sulfide limit for factory farms. Land Stewardship Project and others got that passed because that is a poisonous gas that is extremely harmful, especially long-term low-level exposure like we're talking about with silica dust. That was an important victory, but we know from that that um, we have to have more than just a permit, we have to have more than just the standards. There's got to be continuous ambient air quality monitoring set up at the site that the facility pays for, that the state monitors. The data has to be made public. Violations have to have meaningful and immediate consequences, including if you can't come into compliance, you scale down or you shut down. Yes. And industry has to pay for this. This is a cost of doing business. Making sure they don't harm me, my family, and you, and your families, that they have to pay for that. So we're going to have to fight to make sure that the implementation of that law looks like this. And uh, Commissioner uh, Stein talked about it uh, earlier, but the latest step 
the state has taken is to establish a silica sand advisory committee. So um, we have to be careful at this point because this is when industry starts winning because they have people paid to go to these committees. Mm -hmm. They've got fleets of lawyers while we are a smaller organization and we're volunteers. So this is going to be a tough fight, but we're going to, uh, we're going to win it. They formed a 15-person committee to give advice on these rules. And I want to, I want to put, up, put up five. There's five from local government, five citizens, and five from industry. And I want to, many of those folks are here. And I want, to, I want them to stand up. I didn't ask their permission, so I'm just going to uh, ask you to do this for me. Bear with me. That's eight people on a 15-person committee who will be fighting for tough regulations. That's some good math. That's a good start. Um, let's give them some applause. And we're not going to leave it up to them. Only. The Land Stewardship Project, we're going to keep the thousands of Minnesotans concerned about this up to date and engage them too so it's clear when these representatives demand tough regulations at these tables that it's clear they're speaking for thousands of others. But I know there's a concern that fighting for regulations is admission that the industry can be okay if it's done right. And I want to say that the Land Stewardship Project supports a ban on frac sand mining. Um, the harm it produces easily outweighs any benefits. And it's part of this energy production system that we just witnessed that's harming people all over our country and, and the world. But the fact is right now we don't think a statewide ban is achievable. But Governor Dayton has laid out a policy that makes a lot of sense to us. He said several times he supports a ban on the frac, frac sand industry and the fragile karst area of southeast Minnesota and tough standards for the whole state. We think that goal is achievable if we fight for it and would be meaningful. It would make a difference to people in their communities. And I want to tell you about the Critical Areas Act. This is a law passed in 1973, and it gives the governor the authority to declare unique parts of the state that are in jeopardy critical areas. And along with that de designation comes the power to executively enact a, a moratorium in that critical area. So on December 4th, eight LSP members met with Governor Dayton. Marilyn was a part of it. Vince Reddy was a part of it. Bob Christie read the statement that he made to the governor. Lynn Shane was a part of it. Margaret Walsh was a part of it. And we reviewed this memo with him about how this law gives him the power to put a moratorium in southeast Minnesota. And so we want to show Governor Dayton that we support the policy he's laid out and that Minnesotans support him taking action taking the framework he's talked about and acting on it. So we're, we're going to ask Governor Dayton to take three actions. We want him to take three actions. We want him to use the Critical Area Act to enact a two-year moratorium. We want him to make sure tough state-level state level regulations are created and that there's an enforcement mechanism that's meaningful. And we want him to help us move away from this extractive energy this extreme energy extraction and towards community-based renewable energy. So folks here, there's folks here ready with some signatures. We're announcing today that we're going to collect the signatures of 5,000 Minnesotans in three months on a petition 
calling on the govern, governor Dayton to take these actions. That he says he supports them, and we want to show him that we support him and we want him to take action. So, For more information on the Citizens Frack Sand Summit, see www.landstewardshipproject.org and follow the Organizing for Change links to the Report from the Citizens Frack Sand Summit page. There you'll find a link to the petition calling for effective action to protect Minnesota from the frack sand industry. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.